Jones, Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones. It's a podcast about Indiana Jones. Every movie, one minute at a time. Indiana Jones, minutes. Welcome back to the Indiana Jones Minute, the podcast where we get to the heart of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom one minute at a time. I'm Tom Taylor. I'm Pete Mummert. I'm Jerry Porter. And I'm John Brugan. Welcome back, John. Thank you. <laughs> so glad to have you back. I'm very excited about this minute. You are not going to believe what you're going to see in this minute. You're going to be so excited. We 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 did this minute just for you. Uh, this is of course minute 103, and minute 103 begins with Shorty uh, daring the bridge to break, and it ends with Indy starting across the bridge himself. Would you guys uh, describe this bridge as Mola Ramshackle? Uh, <laughs> hey, I see listen. What you, did. you said manacles to kitticles. <laughs> I can say mola ramshackle. Fair enough. <laughs> well, I got a question for you then, Jer. It's just for everybody, but it seems like a question that you might enjoy. Would you consider yourself uh, suspension bridge jumpers or clingers? <laughs> wow. I am probably a clinger. I am Corporal Klinger. Thank you. Yeah, you, uh, that's a great question. I put on a dress and I go across a bridge. <laughs> yeah. I would be, yeah, I would definitely be a suspension bridge clinger. You mean like you mean like traversing the bridge? Yeah. What's, what's going to yeah. be your signature move? Yeah. <laughs> mine's going to be clinging. How about you, John? Uh, mine's, if those are the options, jumper. I like to make sure everybody behind me is uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm with you. I, I, in spite of my mild anxiety disorder, I cannot get on a simple suspension bridge without jumping or swaying. Yeah, really, swaying? Really? Absolutely. Like there's just something gleeful about it. There's just something so enjoyable about oh, it. I'm impressed, and I liked it. Shorty, I mean, I've said again and again, I just love his enthusiasm for life. I love that even being chased by deadly killers, he takes time <laughs> to stop and jump on the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> he's still going to take time to have fun. It's the closest to a playground he's going to get to in a long, long time. <laughs> I, I was going to say, if, if we're talking about a bridge on a playground, then I'm right. ha- I, I'll gleefully jump. Yeah, uh-huh. I've done that. Yeah, uh-huh. in this particular instance, especially <laughs> with all the, all the near-death you know, <laughs> escapes. I've had that afternoon. <laughs> yeah. I would just kind of play it more conservatively and cling. Sure. <laughs> Me too. Uh, I have a question for John. Being a crocodile expert and, and, and looking at minute 103 when we see Shorty looking down and you can see the crocodiles, you know, all the way down below. How far would you say that is down to the crocodiles? Like five hundred feet, a thousand feet? Like if if you if you had to guesstimate looking at the size of the crocs? Uh, yeah, I'd say two hundred and fifty, three hundred feet. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. So like t- like two hundred or three hundred feet. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's that's okay. All right. At this point, it's hard to have anything to go on. But that's yeah, sounds, yeah, like yeah. It, it is. Right. I mean, yeah. it 
it looks the way that's shot, you know, it looks like it's a thousand feet, but that's only because I guess I'm not on a suspension bridge and a crocodile <laughs> expert. <laughs> now, uh, John is too big of a man to correct you on the air, but those are alligators, Jerry. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, Jerry's right for the movie and the context. In India, there are three species of crocodilian that live in India, and, and, and none of them are alligators. There's, a, there's a, um, a, a saltwater crocodile, which is, has a huge range because, just like its name, it can drink salt water and survive that, and so it can swim from one continent to another. Uh, and oh, so man. it occurs, and wow. it occurs all over the east and southern coast of of India, uh, but also throughout Southeast Asia and and Australia, and and you know it's a very huge range. So it's it it wouldn't be inland in this river. Uh, and then there's a thing called an Indian gharial, which uh, Jerry saw at my place. It's got a really long, skinny snout. Uh, it's it's kind of alien-looking, even compared to some to all the other crocodilians. And it only eats fish. It has hundreds of teeth sticking out of its mouth, and it it swims through a school of fish and and just kind of kind of gets them like chopsticks in the, while they're in the water. <laughs> and our zoo our zoo is actually the only place outside of India and Nepal to ever breed that species. So we have a little baby wow. gharial that's on display. In fact, wow. we just celebrated his year birthday. Uh, he made the front page of the paper today with a little ah. a little birthday hat on and everything. So oh, awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that uh, that crocodile, and that thing was crazy looking. It, it looked like it lost a bet. <laughs> yeah they're weird it was smaller yeah it was smaller right its body was kind of smaller and then it, it had a nose uh, almost like a seahorse or something yeah. like a, a long long pointed snout yeah, yeah we'll put a picture on when this airs but yeah. it yeah and and then their eyes are weird their eyes almost they sit up kind of high they almost look like they belong on a frog or something Oh, really? uh, so those are the two species that would would be potentially in India, but I think the species they're trying to replicate here is a freshwater riverine species called the mugger crocodile, oh, nice. and and uh, I know Pete saw those even in Sri Lanka. They're they're very common in the freshwater waterways. Um, their scientific name is is Crocodilus uh, palustris. And if you break down the Greek from crocodilus, that's croco, which means pebble, and dilus, which means worm. So it's, it's, they're calling them a pebble worm. And then <laughs> wow. palustrous is a word that means marshy. So it lives in the swamp or the marsh instead of the saltwater. Wow. And, and its mugger name actually is a corruption of an old Hindu word that means, that's called magar, and it means water monster. So it's, a, it's a pretty appropriate. <laughs> Can I just say, too, for the record, just, just to be clear, uh, when I corrected Jer, I had no idea if those are crocodiles or alligators. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. So all of that is said to say this should be a mugger crocodile for the location and the type of the kind of snout that we're going to see. But in reality, they are all American alligators. And, wow. And, <laughs> and that's because they picked up these shots in Florida. They actually came out to St. Augustine and uh, 
it says in Rinsler's, Rinsler's book on uh, it's page one seventy five. He says that uh, you know they, he, he everything he does in this book is listing the shooting and the, and the order and the location. He says yeah. uh, this was a, a a you know a B group that went out to film and they the next day that they were at the alligator farm in St Augustine, Florida for more insert shots. And there's um, there's there's like still images there. There's probably twenty or more of all the different shots they got. You know, we would put we would hang food off a stick or something and get them to jump and move around and get a little action. And and all of that's kind of showing in these these slides on the in the book. It's really cool. Did you know that like until recently or something? Like when did you know that they had filmed there? I had no idea. You know, I, I've been working <laughs> oh, at this awesome. place for 15 years, and I was I was reading Rinsler's book, and he and I knew that they had gone to another facility in Orlando, and they they brag about it there. They got a poster of Indiana Jones, and then I read this, and it's and it's very specifically at the alligator farm in St. Augustine. I was like, why has no one told me That's this? That's incredible. <laughs> that is incredible. It's amazing. Are there any old timers around the the alligator farm you've talked to who have who were there or who were... No, I've only got one guy that would have been here been there that long and he he I don't know if it was his weekend or what, but he doesn't have any recollection of it. <laughs> well, it was probably a super low key thing. It's not like Harrison Ford was hanging out on the side of the set or anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know. No, right, and <laughs> we do we do, you know, in a year we do dozens of of film film shots for for different reasons some like we talked about last minute some of them were faking a wild shot but some of them is you know we're doing the science and somebody wants to film it so we we did that bite force work and we filmed a lot about that because you know we we got to capture an alligator we put this thing in its mouth to irritate it and make it bite down and it's got these transducers in it that register how hard the thing's biting Oh, and wow. so, you know, we did all all that research. We did it on every species that exists. We did it on alligators in the wild versus alligators in captivity to see if there was any difference. We did it on, we went to, to Australia and, and made them bite the thing in the wild in saltwater crocs and in freshwater crocs in the wild and in captivity so that, you know, it was legitimate science when it was all said and done. And we, there were film crews doing that. In fact, I st- just... Just last week, got a call from a, a film crew that said, I, "You guys did that bite force work. Could we come get some of that on film?" So cool. Um, wow. You know, it's it's not uncommon for us to film a lot of things, and then, you know, if it airs, we may not even hear about it if the film crew doesn't keep in contact with us. Or, you know, sometimes these film crews film things that never get to air. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got a, I've got another mugger crocodile question for you, John. Yeah, because you were talking. We were talking about mugger crocodiles a few months ago, mm-hmm. and uh, you told me something that I thought was incredible. And apparently, you were involved in a study showing that mugger crocodiles actually use tools. Yeah, uh, oh, my wife and need. I wrote a paper <laughs> uh, with a third gentleman, uh, 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 Vladimir Dynets, and and so. Um, We've seen it at the alligator farm. You know, a few few minutes ago, we were talking about the birds that nest above the alligators, uh-huh. and uh, so we see it in alligators at our place. And then I, there's a comparable zoo in India called the Madras Crocodile Bank, and they have they have thousands of these mugger crocodiles. 
and they've seen this where the birds nest above the crocodiles and both species will will swim up on a stick that's floating in the water and either push it with their nose or let it sit on their head and wait and that you know if they just hold still for long enough everybody forgets they're there and the bird is desperate for a new stick for its nest and so as it's coming down to pick up the stick they grab it and eat it and so we we define that as tool use in a reptile which had never been uh never been published before that's incredible incredible what what determines whether or not a crocodile can i guess process salt water versus fresh water like what what is it in their body that can filter that out or you know yeah it's a special gland and and actually all crocodiles have have a gland in their body that can filter salt water to a certain extent that's one of the things that divides crocodiles from alligators um but there's a there's two species that do it really well so the saltwater crocodile in southeast asia is one of them and the other one is the the american croc which we actually have down in south florida and and 17 countries south of us uh, and and so it's on their tongue they have like these little spots if you if they're sitting with their mouth open they have their real almost looks like their tongue is pitted and those are salt glands and when they sit with their mouth open as the water evaporates off of their tongue a little bit of salt builds up which they can just rinse out yeah that that is amazing because i mean nature's weird (laughs) (laughs) and alligators just don't have it so alligators dehydrate if they spend a long time in the salt water the news was calling last week well two weeks ago i guess now that because somebody had video of an alligator in the on the beach in the ocean and they they thought that was newsworthy and i said look that that happens all the time we're just now in an age where people have a phone with them every second (laughs) of every day yeah uh and so they can swim through the salt and they can swim in the surf and they can eat there and and so forth, but they just can't do it for a week at a time. They they start dehydrating, and they got to mm. go find fresh water somewhere. Right. Mm. Uh, well, that you know that uh, Mola Ramshackle Bridge must get a lot of traffic, because you know I'm thinking they're, you know, at the very least, it's a lot of people falling through, like Shorty <laughs> here, because the you know the the crocodiles uh, are waiting right under. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean. It's like they got they got this huge gorge, yeah. and as we know, and uh, you know, uh, crocodiles are very smart, <laughs> and so they're just gonna wait where the food shows up. Yeah, so, or like like John mentioned last uh, minute, I think like maybe there's a bunch of thuggy guards that were just washed out of the mine shaft, and they're mm-hmm. in the water now. So like, hey, oh, it's one of those times when people just start showing up in the water. Yeah. <laughs> but that, but what's crazy about that is that's a different gorge. Uh, or well, no, is it? Well, it's, it's, I, I, I think see, it's the same body of water. Is it the same body of water? I think so. Wait, yeah, the, I think the it one, is. Yeah, this is the. Uh, yeah, definitely. Like if we go on the the theory that <laughs> that that camera shot was taken from the bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I think there's actually like a zoo down. I think there's a. Like the pancot alligator farm, crocodile farm, down there. <laughs> and everyone's like, "Up oh, three thirty, it's feeding time," and they, they, they wait for the guy to walk across the bridge, and everyone's watching the crocs down there waiting for for feeding. Yeah. And there it is. Huh? Kids love it. Yeah, and the tight shots you can see. You know, the one little alligator. It's, 
that's a cute alligator. He jumps up, <laughs> uh, and then but then they go a little bit wider shot to the whole group, and there's one alligator kind of porpoising over the rest. And yeah. if you look real carefully, he's got a mouthful of food. And so mm. what happened <laughs> is he he just got fed. He snatched that piece of meat. And he's trying to get out of the group so nobody can take it away from him. So he's le- he's kind of leaping oh. over one alligator, and he's he's he'll what he does he'll full steam ahead away from the group so he can choke that thing down. That's funny. Let's watch that guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're just like us. They get something, and they just they just want it. I was gonna. Do you think uh, Willie uh, Shorty? Uh, what's his name? Shorty, the kid. Yeah. Is his uh, not very funny? Is that a callback to very funny when Willie gets knocked off her elephant and lands in the water? Oh yeah, maybe. Because if it is, it's a little awkward. Yeah. But that's all I can yeah. think of. But it's she's. I think yeah. I think maybe he's he's making fun of himself there to kind of highlight the the family feeling because that's the first time she's been maternal this entire movie, and she like grabs yeah. him and hugs him really tightly and. That's true. And he's very kid like. Uh, like when she's pulling him up, he's still yelling help, even when he's at sea. Like he's safe. He's still, he's yeah. still. But I like when he when he first falls. When he first falls through the bridge, he's got about forty extra pounds, and I think that's pretty obviously Felix. So, uh, his, his <laughs> yeah. <stunt double. laughs> yeah, tub round. I think it's. I think it's one of those teaching moments where he realizes that you know, what's funny may be relative. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, when it happens to someone else, it's hysterical. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's Mel Brooks' yeah. uh, definition of yeah. comedy, right? Yeah. When it yeah. happens to me, it's tragedy. Yeah. When it happens to you, it's comedy. <laughs> but but uh, we do have uh, another Johnny says what he sees moment. <laughs> where <laughs> Shorty says, I'm falling down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he's just practicing his English at every moment. Yeah. <laughs> There's oh this is a very controversial minute actually uh-huh. I don't know if controversial is the right word but like you know Indy uh, is uh, I guess on the other another part of this big rock and one end of the I don't know where he is but he's <laughs> he's on this thing and he's faced with a couple of uh, sword wielding uh, thuggy dudes and of course he reaches for his gun like he's gonna ha ha I'm gonna remember that thing that hasn't happened yet and Raiders of the Lost Ark but the audience knows but people get mad at the scene because it's a callback to something that hasn't happened yet mm. but. I I think this is kind of incredibly great because for us, the audience, it's a great callback. It's funny. It works. He's like, yep. I'm going to do that thing. I'd, oh, I don't have my gun. And uh, so it works that way. And it's not like a weird paradox or anything. He would have gone and done that same thing. He would have tried to do that thing. It's not necessarily a joke to him. He's like, oh, this is how I'm going to take care of the situation. I'm going to shoot these two guys. Oh, I don't have my gun. So... It works either way, so I don't know why it makes people bent out of shape. <laughs> He's definitely not a guy with a mild anxiety disorder, though, because there's no way <laughs> if I'm in the Cairo marketplace, I'm reaching for the gun so casually again. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, I'm going to be like, oh, there's no way my gun's there. Yeah, you just slap your hand. Like, okay, yeah. okay. All right. Now I'll make my move. <laughs> it is a nice callback, though, because they even have the save. They play the, the Cairo marketplace mischief music. Yeah. Like it's exact- That's almost the only thing wrong with it, actually, in a way, because A... It's a little bit like, we got it, we got it. We know he's doing the thing, like he did in Cairo. You don't have to like play the music from Cairo. It's okay. But also, it's a little bit like, oh, I wish I was watching Raiders right now. That would be so awesome. Remember when we were watching Raiders? That was incredible. Oh, and he shot that guy, and it came out of nowhere. That was so great. 
I, I always feel like that. Yeah, <laughs> I me mean too. that's that's the problem with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna play uh, obviously devil's advocate here, but I think if you're sitting in the theater in 1984, and I mean VCRs still even aren't ubiquitous, and you haven't seen Raiders of the Lost Ark over and over and over again, and I think this, if you're watching this for the first time and you see that, I think that's a really fun callback. Oh no, I I agree. I agree. And I think the music is a nice cue. Like, I think it, you may, I don't even know if you pick up on the music consciously the first couple times you hear it, but it's there and it, right. it, it all brings yeah. you back to that moment. I don't think I picked up on it until doing it for this. I, I didn't. But I, I mean, what's, what, what's interesting is, I mean, you could also just make the argument that after this scene in 1985, Indy just said to himself, no matter what, I'm never going to lose my gun again. <laughs> that's true. Right. Yeah, you know? that's true. And so that's why, you know, he, he's adhered to that. That's why when he tells Marcus, you know, the careful guy I am, that means I always know where my gun is now. Yeah. 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 I never hand it to Blonde. <laughs> <laughs> is that, a, is that a, a, a nipple gong that plays after the Cairo Marketplace mischief music? Oh, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, that's not a nipple gong. Okay. No. That's uh, it. It is a chime. As we talk about the bells in your life, <laughs> that's definitely. I, I have to listen to it again. It's a good call, Pete. Though it's an areola gong. It is. <laughs> that's. <laughs> and if your memory is faulty and you don't remember what we're talking about, this was the, uh, the gong that plays in the Jaws cave earlier. If your memory is <laughs> Thank you, Tom. I didn't know if anyone got that. That's incredible. <laughs> it almost sounds like a chord. Like there's two things yeah, struck at almost. once. And it yeah. might be a vibraphone. <laughs> Weird. It's a, you know what it is? It's it's a haprophone. <laughs> or, or it might be like a, a mirthraphone. No. <laughs> because it plays that little, like, it's kind of like a little chord that goes with it with Indy's smile. And it's like yeah. mirth. Well, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like, well, it, it, I guess this is apt. In the Tom and Jerry cartoons, mm-hmm. like, they would be running and they, like, say they would stop all of a sudden, like, maybe in the one where they're in the space satellite or something. <laughs> and they'd run and they'd stop and you'd hear that gong. Like, it'd be that almost yeah. the exact same little chord oh, sound. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then we got a nice uh, Star Wars callback here. Oh well, well, we didn't even talk about the choreographed dual swords. We no, we should. That's very because that, yeah. that is pretty solid and good. It's confusing as well. Yeah, it's it's very confusing. I mean, first of all, I'll say it is an amazing old school swashbuckling vibe. It's it's yeah. like a fantastic scene that they pull off really well, and some really solid uh, whip work. Yeah, yeah, from yeah, Indiana it is. Jones. There, there's some continuity problems. Yeah, I think is that's what you're getting at, Pete. What, what, what did you discover? Well, I'm curious, and I think John might have seen the same thing because he was looking at the this original draft of the script. Is in that there, there, he Indy doesn't fight a guy with his own sword or with the other guy's arm and sword. Like he, he dispatches one guy with his whip. He whips him in his neck, and then he picks huh. up his sword and fights the other guy. And if you look at, like, sometimes the guy has the sword and sometimes he doesn't. And in this one, he fights the guy with this. He whips the sword out of the one guy's hand and it goes flying off the yeah. mountainside. And then the other guy has a sword and then the other guy doesn't have a sword. And it's all very oh, there's confusing. Su- there's suddenly an, a third guy on the ground. Is that what you're saying? Like, he's fighting two mm-hmm. guys. I just saw this. I don't think it is a third guy. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's just a guy. The sword, it's a disappearing and reappearing sword. It's like a magic sword thing. 
But like the one guy runs like off camera and the other guy runs off camera the other way. Like he whips the guy's uh, the sword out of the guy's arm and that goes flying and that guy runs away. And then the uh-huh. other guy comes back like stage left. And by then Indy has a sword. And where did it come from? Oh, there's a guy on the ground. Like he wasn't there before. So I think he right. like, took that guy's sword. But I don't know where that guy came from. But see, I thought that was I thought the guy on the ground was the guy he he got with the first guy's sword. Uh, let's say it is. Now I'm confused. <laughs> I, see, I, I saw like Indy pushes the guards away from him. Yeah, and one guy goes flying, and that's the guy I think on the ground. Yeah, and then yeah, but then he pushes him away from him, and then one of them is at his feet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the okay, problem. That guy goes he, down. Yeah, he pushes him away, and then the back, one guy's at his feet, him. and like then Rashomon. he then he has a machete, yeah. and that's what's confusing. Yeah. And so yeah. one of the machetes is flung away and with the bullwhip, and that's it. He just has a machete in his hand. Well, I think he totally got that machete from the guy who's on the ground at his feet, but I don't know how that guy got on the ground <laughs> at his feet. Well, yeah, he didn't, because Indy yeah. pushed him away. Yeah. <laughs> that's the continuity problem. I've got two theories, though, that might okay. solve the continuity problem. Well, the first thing, I was wondering if him whipping the sword out of the guy's hand is a callback to whipping the gun out of Baranka's hand and Raiders. Oh, this is or the, the uh, or the poker out of uh, Toad's hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of the same move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then if if we're still in fever dream territory, maybe Han Solo did like the force move and levitated the sword into his hand after it went off the cliff. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> Stands to reason. He he's not the most force sensitive guy. <laughs> That's true. More regular sensitive for that. Yeah. <laughs> Although in his dreams, you know, delusions of grandeur. That's true. I don't know, Pete. I just want to go into the bathtub and play. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) that's what that is. Yeah, he's using the force to now bring the machete back to his hand. Han Solo? (laughs) Yeah, that was, was, yeah. I'm I'm trying. I'm trying. But wait a second. Is this the first time Indy has a machete? Yeah. 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 Okay, because that's huge. That's where he gets the machete. Yeah, that's where he gets the machete, which, by the way, he is outside of the Temple of Doom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all those posters showing him inside oh. the Temple of Doom with the machete, he never has a machete inside the Temple of Doom. You know what, though? I don't think... They, are, you, are you talking about the Chris Hopkins poster? The, yeah, the Chris Hopkins poster. Oh, and, and also, there are I others, think too. You're right. Yeah, You're there's right. others. Like, there's many yeah. others where he has the machete. Like, I even yeah. have a t- T-shirt that says Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and it's him inside the red cave holding yeah. the machete. You're right. <laughs> Baloney. We, yeah, I mean, we don't... The, the machete just shows up here, which, yeah. by the way, we haven't really talked about. You know, his signature... His signature tool and weapon is the bullwhip, and that's what we know from Raiders. But interestingly enough, in the Temple of Doom, if you're just looking at the you know the poster, mm-hmm. you're thinking like Indiana Jones has traded in his bullwhip for a machete. Yeah, yeah, and it might be see-through. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or crystal. Yeah, the yeah. poster on my wall, he has a whip and a machete, one in each hand. Yeah. Oh, nice. And he's got that. That's going to be a continuity thing here, um, because he's got. If you watch after he dispatches these two guys, he's got the sword in his left hand and his whip in the right hand, and very mm. shortly we'll see that they they become reversed. Mm. And I'm curious if they they actually flip the film, because there are a couple of instances I, I was reading earlier on in the film where they actually just flip the film around. 
Oh, weird. And I'm wondering if that happened in one of huh. these shots. Oh, somebody yeah. posted something about that. Yeah, yeah. When, he's, when, the, when Shorty and India are giving their, each other their hats back, yeah, and they, they yeah, embrace and, yeah. and everything. Like, why? why uh, I don't know. Why did they? <laughs> why was that? I don't know. Why? Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay, that's all I hear, needed to hear. <laughs> wait, it, wait, John, on your in your poster, how yeah. prominently featured is the bullwhip? Uh, it's as prominent as the sword, the, uh, as the machete. Oh. They're both. His arms are straight down, and the uh, the machete is running along his right leg it's actually touching the ground oh no it's not it's close there's a gila monster light in the way uh but um, <laughs> and then and then his left hand is the whip there's like two coils hanging down so that it means about equal and and is the gila monster indigenous to that cave yeah i think john drew this poster himself <laughs> no the only way my gila monster fits in this indiana jones room is i put a lot of uh, southwestern backdrop so he looks like he belongs near a Boy Scout <laughs> oh, troop <nice>. in Utah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, awesome. There you go, right. <laughs> but part of the reason this is my favorite minute is because there's not a clearer relationship between Han Solo and and Indy if he's having this dream than this moment where yeah, yeah. you know he's running down the hallway chasing stormtroopers and then has to turn tail and run the other way. Right. Right. It's kind of perfect. <laughs> Do you think were they was that in the in, in Spielberg and Lucas's mind was that oh here we're doing Star Wars or was it just like oh here we're doing a thing where the hero is in over his head and it's sort of a funny gag. Like are they aware no. uh, were they were they thinking of it as a Star Wars That's shout out? Let's text him and ask him. Yeah. <laughs> Get Rinsler on the phone. You know, it must, it must be. It must be. I mean, you have you have Harrison Ford right there performing mm -hmm. it. Yeah. I mean, he he must have remembered, like, we did this yeah. once. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. I'm getting something coming in here. Oh, weird. Yeah. What could it be? Yeah. <laughs> this just in from Professor Christy Porter. Oh, her. Why are the assassins masked here? Is there a reason for anonymity? <laughs> uh, are they more masked than other thuggy guards we've seen? Yeah. These are more of the mimes, aren't they? Yeah, I think it is more of the mimes. Oh, interesting. Yeah, kind but of... they don't really have, like, paint on them like the mimes do, right? Well, you can't tell. They got masks on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they first, when they first run up, they definitely have the a big red dot, a big, a huge red dot on their forehead, <laughs> yeah. just like uh, Chatter Lal. Yeah, when we yeah. see him. But so I just kind of assumed there was a lot more paint under there. I guess. Yeah. Maybe these are like the elite guards or something. I don't know. They're really, really masked. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Like super masked. Are mimes allowed to show themselves in public? Not outdoors. Yeah, so like you got a daylight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, not not on promontories. You ever seen Sean German in the daylight? No, I have not. <laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> That's our answer. You give me something to think about. <laughs> Let's contemplate that for five minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Five minutes of five. <laughs> yep. How do you think? How do you think they decide if they get a scimitar or a machete? You think it's personal choice, or do you think they're assigned a weapon? Yeah, see, I th the the Star Wars figure fan in me is making me think that these are all like there's specific kinds of thuggy 
so you can get the different kinds of action figures and stuff. And the guys with the masks have one kind of sword, and the guys without the mask have another kind of sword, and it's a whole thing. So uh-huh. it's all very well plotted out. Do they split the difference and pass out cutlasses? Oh. Oh, yeah. Those are, yeah. Yeah. By the way, is, are those actually machetes? We're going to get letters from somebody saying, like, oh, guys, well, wait a second. Like this. Wait a second. I did look this up. And, oh, okay. and yeah, like scimitars, of course, uh, you know, are sort of associated with the Middle East uh-huh. and they have, they have a curved blade and uh, a cutlass is is the same. It, it, it also usually has a curved blade, but is frequently uh, associated with pirates. I was going to say, yeah, yeah a cutlass. And by, and by the way, when I was in the Caribbean, I was in Trinidad. And I was walking down the street, and there was a guy who did have... I mean, this just confuses everything and buries my entire theory. But there was a dude who was walking down the street, and he had a, a machete. And my friend, who's Trinidadian, said, Oh, look, he, he's carrying a cutlass. And I was like, Oh, my God, she just called it a cutlass. <laughs> like, that's a machete to me, but it was a cutlass to her. So, Well, once again, I don't we, know. we were wondering about the... Uh, there were like those pirate skulls in the spike room. And oh, so yeah. maybe there were at some point pirates from the Caribbean made it here to Pancot Palace on, on a raid. Yeah. And some of them ended up here. And that's where they got the voodoo and that's where they got the cutlasses. And that's true. It's all, it's all starting to come together. Yeah. Well, and also we talked about like how Mola Ron probably just does a lot of shopping at pawn shops from around the world. <laughs> He's got. I mean, that's how yeah. they came up with the shrunken head from, was it Ecuador? The shrunken head. It's from Ecuador, and yeah. yeah, it's just it's just a real gumbo. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they got the cutlasses from the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they got alligators that they shouldn't be alligators. <laughs> John, thank you so much for joining us again. This has been awesome. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to come back and chew the fat with you guys. Oh, absolutely, anytime. Uh, yeah, yeah, we mm-hmm. love having you. And I'll be back tomorrow. Oh, sorry, what? Who? You said any time I'll be back tomorrow. Oh, um, this has gotten awkward. So uh, why don't you just uh, <laughs> why don't you just tell everybody uh, where they can find you, and then we'll go. Uh, yeah, I'm the director of a zoo called the St. Augustine Alligator Farm Zoological Park, and you can look it up at alligatorfarm.com. Yeah, and Jerry will tell you that it's awesome. I want to tell you that it's awesome. I assume it is, but I haven't been there yet. And Pete, where can people uh, go to uh, find out about us and follow our doings and things? Check out our website, indianajonesminute.com. You can find out what we're up to. You can find more about Han Solo and is this part of his fever dream? Um, We're going to say probably yes. Yeah. Spoilers, (laughs) yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But everybody, please come back tomorrow from at 104 of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom here on the Indiana Jones Minute. <laughs> you know you know what? Actually, I have in the bathtub for playtime, John. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have the Indian girl commemorative cup oh, <laughs> that I got celebrating uh, the first, you know, the one-year anniversary <laughs> of the, that, uh, that, rare, that rare crock. That's awesome. You just need a couple fish in there and he'll be happy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to leave that alone. (laughs) 